seated. Let's take a moment and uh, and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that for this wonderful season of Advent, a time when we can prepare and think about what we have to prepare for and who we have to prepare for. We pray that through these coming weeks before we celebrate the beautiful time of our Lord's birth, we will also have come to grips with things within ourselves that we may be ready to meet the coming King whenever he arrives. Bless us now and lay the words uh, of your word deep reach really into our hearts and our minds and our spirits in a new and exciting way. In Jesus' name, amen. I chose this uh, reading today uh, from First um, Peter because I like it. And it's one that is usually read uh, very often at the thanksgiving for a parish at an anniversary time. But this is a good time to hear once again some of the things which we, that which, which we need to know about. Excuse me, I'm not used to using, you, using a notebook. I have no printer with us, and so I scratch things out. Oh, yeah, that, I did that one. Just a second. Okay, who pinched it? Who took it? You know, I did. We've got some commissioning stuff here. We could do that now if you like. <laughs> oh, here we are. First Peter. Yeah, there's the guy. All right. Let's begin, though. Before the text, before I get to the text, I'd like to just flesh out a few things, if I may. And right at the beginning, and this is, way, this is the way the first three verses go. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the, to, to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. To God's elect, strangers in the world. Does that sound familiar? Strangers in the world. We are strangers in the world, whether we like it or not. What, what Peter is doing here, he's speaking to a bunch of people who are probably Christian Jews. And they've been moved out in the dispersion. Uh, uh, you know, the Roman Emperor Nero just cleared people out. Christians were really a bad bunch. And so they scattered all over, in fact, to the very outskirts of the Roman Empire where they find themselves now. And he wants them to know, and they're ordinary folks. These are not, you know, apostles. They are not prophets. They are not martyrs. They're just actually regular nobodies like you and me. Just regular folk. Just regular folk. But they've been scattered. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes, have you ever been scattered? Have you ever felt scattered out there, left alone? People not understanding you as a Christian and wondering 
Will we be able to carry on? What will happen to us? But then he says, but praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation mark. In his great mercy has given us a new birth unto a living hope. So now we're, even though we're scattered, we're not a, a hopeless people. He is calling us to this. Listen, through Christ he has, he has given us new birth, new birth. It's okay to say born again, if you prefer. <clears throat> Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, here we go now, into inher in, an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time, which is what we're preparing for too in Advent. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial, trials, but these have come so your faith of greater worth than gold, which, is, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may, may result in praise, honor, and glory when Jesus Christ is revealed. So... Though you have not seen him, you love him. And that's so important to remember. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Why? Because of your faith, which has come by grace. And even though you don't see him. Remember when the fellow Thomas, do you remember, you remember hearing about that? No one here by the name of Thomas, is there? Oh, good, it's safe to talk about Thomas then. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> our Lord appeared following his resurrection to the disciples and many others probably in a, in a room. And, uh, and when they told Thomas about it, he said, nah, I don't think so. Can't happen, right? It just can't. And it makes sense. I mean, this guy now, he can walk through walls or walk through doors or what is it? So the next time when they were gathered, Thomas was there and guess who showed up? Jesus. <clears throat> what did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, you're saying that because you saw me. Blessed are those who believe who have not seen me. We're all here today. We're all here today. We may have had encounters with, with the living God in the power of the Spirit, but no one has seen this man face to face yet until he comes again. So, my dear friends, <clears throat> all the trials and everything else, and we're believing in him, although we have not seen him, are going to be of benefit to you and me <clears throat> as we will be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because we're receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of our souls. That's absolutely wonderful. Just remember, you know, in all the troubles that we have, in, 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 in the stuff that everything went wrong today in our house that could have gone wrong. What on earth is going to happen next? One shoe falls, the other one drops. We were on the metro and Anne sat down in the seat and the woman was afraid that she'd touch her so she jumped up and Anne fell over. thought, hmm, maybe there's somewhere else we can go today. <laughs> little things happen. Little things happen. But remember, we're not alone. 
we remember we're a lot alone. So as you come to him, as you come to him, each one of us comes to him, the living stone, the living stone. This is why it's, this reading is always used for anniversaries because it's about a building, but we are the building. You haven't come to church this morning. You are the church. You didn't come to church. You are the church. We're, we're together in a building so that we can worship. So the next time somebody says to you, are you going to church, say, come with me and I'll show you the church when we gather. So as you've come to him, the living stone, which was rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones being built into the spiritual house. How do you feel about that? Is that? Does that come in your mind very often during the day, during the course of the week, or do you remember it on a Sunday? You don't have to tell me. I'm, I'm so good. It should be something that's on our mind continually. As we come to him, we come to him, the living stone. We can't go anywhere without the living stone. He is a stumbling block for some, but not for you and for me who believe. He is our Savior. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare, declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does this say up here? What does this say? You were... I can't read it for me. Could you somebody read that for me? People of darkness. But we don't love darkness because we are the people of the light. And we're called to shine brightly, aren't we? We're called to be standouts in, in, in all kinds of situations. I want, you, I want to read something to you, and I hope my phone works, because I couldn't copy it. Oh, yeah. This is a letter from the second century to a man by the name of Diognetus. Now, I know you're just dying to hear about this guy. When you got up this morning, you thought, I want to hear about Diognetus, didn't you? This is what one uh, non-believer is saying to him, who is a non-believer. And, and it, it, this is from about the year 130 or so. An anonymous writer describes a strange or peculiar people who are in the world but not of the world. Quote, Christians are not differentiated from other people by country, language, or customs. You see, they do not live in cities of their own or speak some strange dialect. They live in both Greek and foreign cities, wherever chance has put them. They follow local customs in clothing, food, and other aspects of life. But at the same time, they demonstrate to us the unusual forms of their own citizenship. They live in their own native lands as aliens. Every foreign country is to them their native country, and every native land as a foreign country. They marry and have children, just like everyone else. They do not kill unwanted babies. 
They share a table, but not a shared bed. They're passing their days on earth, but are citizens of heaven. They obey the appointed laws and go beyond the laws in their own lives. They love everyone, but are persecuted by all. They're put to death and yet gain life. They are poor and yet make many rich. They're dishonored and yet gain glory through dishonor. Their names are blackened, yet they are cleared. They are mocked and blessed in return. They are treated pardon me, outrageously and behave respectfully to others. When they do good, they are punished as evildoers. When they're punished, they rejoice as if they're being given new life. They are attacked by Jews as aliens and persecuted by Greeks. Yet those who hate them cannot give any reason for their hostility. That's you and me. He's talking about you and I. We're out there. And we are the ones who are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We're part of the priesthood of all believers. We are a holy nation, not just the people here, but all those who we can call brothers and sisters, who call Christ the living Savior. And we are not afraid to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his light, are we? Are we? Hello? Are we? No. Oh, God, finally. Good. Remember, welcome to your mission field. Over the door. And on the other side is servant's entrance. So when you come in, you know you're going to go back out as servants of the Most High God. This is who a chosen people is. We're not chosen because we're just nice people. God has a plan for you and a plan for me. And at the end of the service today, we'll see part of that plan right here. Flesh and blood. We're going to see today 1 Corinthians 12 in living color at the end of this service. Mark my words. So, once you were not a people. You were not a people. Everyone has a before and after experience in their life. Before Christ and after Christ. You are not a people. I was not a person. I didn't know Christ. But now afterwards, now I am part of a people. And you were the same. And that's our message. That's our message when we go out there and when we talk to people about Jesus. You know, I, I don't know how many times people have said uh, to, to us and, and probably to most clergy, oh, no, 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 we're not fit for church. We say, well, you're a great candidate for church, actually. Oh, no, 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 your religion is a crutch. You bet. I don't have anything else to lean on except Jesus. That's all I have to lean on. So then we walk out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Is it light all the time? It sure didn't shine very bright this morning at our place, did it? But it's going to, and it has done, because we're all here together. And we're all partakers in the light. We're all part of the light. We remember what the darkness was like, and we don't want to go back to the darkness. We want to stay in the light. Once you were not a people, but you are now a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, 
but now you have received mercy. You cannot receive the mercy unless you come to Christ, even though it's right there staring you in the face. Peter says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from your sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Folks, we can say a lot of things out in the world, but it's the way we live our lives that is the example. It's the way we live our lives that shows other people we want some of that. Why can't we be like that person there? Why can't be like him or her? What is it they have that we don't have? My wife said to me many, many years ago, one Saturday morning, and I was reading the newspaper, and, and she said, Honey, and it's kind of like every husband knows that tone. You know what I mean? Oops. It's time to put the newspaper down and listen up. And, and a, a mental stuff's going, what did I do? What should I have done? And she said very, very nicely to me, we hadn't been married that long at the time. She said, I think there's room for someone else in our marriage. Oh, this is a new thing. And she said, I think there's room for God in our marriage. Then there was a hole in the living room ceiling when I went up. I did not want anything to do with these chosen people. I didn't want anything to do with the people of light. I thought they were all nuts. I thought they were all crazy. I thought they were all self-centered from what I had seen or thought I had seen. And not too, not too uh, much later, I had my mind changed one night. We both did, actually, in, in a gathering. And uh, we've never been the same since. And that started a walk with the Lord since about 1980, 1981. I don't want to go back there. You don't want to go back there. You want to move ahead, and you want to move ahead in the power of the Spirit, in the life of the Spirit with Jesus. I want to see people come to him. I want to see, I want to see this church grow. I'll tell you why. And I'm speaking for both of us now, and I very, very rarely speak for my wife. I'm pain of death all my life. But, but we believe in you. From what we have seen, we really believe in you. I have to be careful. Is this being recorded? No. No, I'm just kidding. I, I. <laughs> the bishop's not tuned in, is he? He's not. No. But we really believe in you. We, 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 we have never been in a group in, in, in 34 years of ministry together like this group that desires to come together so much that desires to be walking in the light. And it, it shines brightly in you. 
So the past two months for us have been absolutely glorious because we finally, we finally hit the jackpot in that sense. We have, we have been privileged to be with some absolutely fantastic people over the years, and, and we're still friends with them. But when we came here, we had no idea what to expect. Well, maybe we did when somebody says, leave your robes at home. But, uh, but some of us are slow on the uptake, you know what I mean? Anyway. So, the way you are living your lives from what we have seen is exactly what St. Peter is telling those who are scattered to do. And every one of you seems to be doing that. So we want to say thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for when we feel scattered, we don't feel so badly now because we've seen a group of people that are also scattered but are living in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think before my bladder gets too close to my tear ducts, I'll stop there. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear our prayers and grant that in this congregation of Emmaus, the pure word of God will always be preached, the sacraments always duly administered. Strengthen and confirm these people protect and guide their children. May they visit and pray with the sick. Father, restore any who are penitent. Remove every and all hindrance to the advancement of your truth in this gathering of people and bring them to be of one heart and one mind within your church to the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.